Mood.tv And you just be like, mm, just got boned. Well, on that note, <laughs> I'm going to do it like this and say, welcome to Let Me Ask You a Question. Because <laughs> I know you love my radio voices, so I'm going to switch it up That's here. not even a, ra- that wasn't even a radio voice. I was trying to do Kermit, I just lost it. Kermit the Frog here. Welcome to Let Me Ask You a Question. That was better. <laughs> so yeah, we're here live and direct with the Greg Man. Yeah. And me, producer EJ. Taking over hosting duties again. I am on a little staycation far... Well, no, it's not. I'm on a vacation back in Hell, PA, for those listeners who have been listening for a long time. But it's a lovely day here in Hell, I gotta say. The wind's blowing. I'm, I'm out on the porch, soaking in the sun. It is. You got the curtain up behind you, but I could see through it. The nice blue skies with, like, the Simpsons clouds in there. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of perfect, so it's really it's a really nice day in Hell. I hear the birds chirping right now. I think everybody can hear the birds chirping. Yeah, all the... The opioid addicts are down the block having a bum fight. <laughs> oh, it's the opioid addicts that are chirping. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of lovely. That's the, that's the uh, drugs over here, please. <laughs> <laughs> so on this show, we usually like to ask very thoughtful questions. But being that's just Greg, Amanda, and I, we have a casual day. Anthony uh, is watching SmackDown or getting SmackDown or something, so he can't be here. So we're going to do something that we, we usually stray away from, and we're going to talk about television a little bit. And so with further ado, the question on this 230-plus episode of Let Me Ask You a Question is going to be... nice car. Um, that's staying in. <laughs> is going to be... That's staying in. Well, Greg and man, you and I were born in the 80s, mm-hmm. and so we've been around for about four decades now, through four decades. Mm-hmm. And... As we are, and as a lot of people are, we've had a lot of cartoons that have touched our hearts. So what I want to know is, from each decade that we live through, with the exception of the most current, what's a cartoon character that if you could be, you would be, not necessarily that you, who you identify with, but that can be certainly part of it, and why? And so let's start with the 1980s. No, so I uh, I won't lie. I went through. I got my four just to break the wall down. We did talk about this question a little bit beforehand because you know it requires a little bit of research, and I made sure I stuck with only one of the four decades that I like kind of relate to. The other ones I think are just amazing. And just to also say, like, there's so many from each of these decades that uh, you could pick because especially in the '80s and '90s, this cartoons were just mota bella they they were just just so good bellissimo so um yeah let's let's kick it off i am going with the cobra commander of uh the gi joe television show of the 80s excellent for my 80s pick so who is cobra commander cobra commander is the bad guy from the gi joe series uh which i think started in like 83 maybe even a little earlier I had to reconfirm so i had to go find the videos i am picking him strictly because his voice is just incredible and he does most of the time does nothing but just yell at everybody about how stupid they are and how they need to listen to him. And the only reason they lose is because they don't listen to him. But he's like, he's like, I can't do his voice at all, which is why I think I would want to be the Cobra Commander. I don't know if we can sneak some Cobra Commander in here. Cobra Commander. <laughs> exactly. Pretty close. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, he's amazing. He's always losing. GI Joes foil him every time. Because they know, and knowing is half the battle. But he is just, he's just amazing. One of the first video that popped up was actually one that I wasn't expecting because Destro decides to beat up Cobra Commander and take over 
the leadership role, which usually doesn't happen. Normally he's crapping all over Destro, but uh, yeah, it's uh, he, he's just, he's just amazing. I'd say a pretty iconic villain in the eighties. Very cool looking too. He's just got like, you know, blue soldier outfit, but then he's got that awesome full face visor. So you can't ever see his face. Yeah. He's either has, he either has the straight blue hood over without the point. So it's not like bad references. It's just like a regular hood or he's got the sweet blue helmet with the full visor that it's nice because you don't ever have to see his mouth move so they can make him say literally anything they want. And I wonder, I'm not going to do the research right now, but from Transformers, I believe Starscream had a very similar voice. And if, if I had to bet, I would guess probably, probably the same yeah, voice. Because I know a lot of those cartoons, I think even the animation studio was probably the same if I had to guess upon the animation. I totally agree and almost... It's probably like 98% chance that it's the same voice. Yeah, which is excellent. It's got to be. That's one of those voices where I just picture like hardcore bands before they learned how to sing properly, just blowing out their vocal cords and throwing up into buckets. <laughs> I picture him doing that like at, in, the, in the booth. He was doing that in the 70s for a hardcore band before it was, uh, before it was cool. And then he just trying to transfer that right into 80s cartoon villain. For me, I went with, from the real Ghostbusters series, uh, Egon Spangler. Nice. I was a big fan of Ghostbusters. The cartoon was, like, tangentially related to the movies, of course, which is that whole franchise was discovered by uh, Dan Aykroyd and, I believe, Harold Ramis. I believe they, they, they wrote it together. I could be wrong. Could have been Ivan Reitman with uh, Dan Aykroyd. But Egon was the smart, nerdy guy. But... On that show, even though he was the butt of some jokes, he was really the cool, he was pretty cool. He, he was the one who made all the gadgets. Completely different looking character. Like, as opposed to Ken Harold Ramis, who played Egon in the movies, black hair and glasses, the Egon Spangler of the cartoon fame looked like his name could have been Otto, because he was just like a tall, blonde, kind of nerd-looking guy. But I loved his toys, he had some of the coolest action when you squeezed his legs, his head would go up. And again, he was like the guy that made all the stuff. So you really couldn't have the Ghostbusters without him. Though to be fair, all the Ghostbusters are pretty cool. It's hard to choose. Kind of like a turtle situation. Yeah, I, I thought about the turtles for the 90s and I was like, you know what? I'll stay away from it. It's too easy. It's kind of on the nose. But um, was Egon, cause just because I'm not fully remembering, I mean, I looked him up, so I made sure I remembered his picture. Was he dry in the cartoon like Harold Ramis was in the movies or no? Yeah, he was. He was okay, probably, cool. yeah, probably a little drier. He was definitely, again, he was like the butt of jokes, but also at the same time, it was really about uh, Ray making jokes, just like just like in the movies. He was kind of the funny guy. Yeah, because that, well, that's why he loved Harold Ramis is because he could, you can make the jokes about him all day, but he'd either... It either he wouldn't even acknowledge it or he'd have a fun, like very dry comeback that like made a cover. And they always did the face where he's like, mm. like just this little smut, the smirks. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's a relatable one for EJ as well. Not to, th <laughs> not to throw you under the bus on that one. I'll take it. But I feel like that is somebody you would want to identify with for sure. The cool nerd. Yeah. I definitely have and always felt like a nerd. Like, whenever I talk to people still, I'm sure I don't look as nerdy as I feel uh, to give myself a little credit, but I definitely, that's like number one identity is nerd guy. Um, and not that I'm overly smart. I'm not trying to say that. There's people way smarter than me. It's just that what I do know is nerdy. Agreed. Well, so let's move on to the next decade. So that was our 80s. Who did you have for your 1990s? 
So I was going to go kind of anime nerdy and pick a Dragon Ball Z character, but I decided to stay away from that because there was a big photo of a bunch of 90s cartoons when I was doing my little research. And one of them just hit me and I was like, it's got to be that. Because I actually, I dressed up as this character once on a superhero 5K with my, with my wife that I did, or my then girlfriend, now wife. And it's The Tick. Oh, excellent. <laughs> the Tick is incredible. If you don't know The Tick, I highly suggest. I have not watched the latest rendition of The Tick on Amazon, um, but I did hear it's actually pretty good. Uh, but there is a cartoon from the 90s and then also a live action. I think it only ran for one or maybe two seasons with uh, Patrick Warburton famously guest starring on Seinfeld as Putty playing the tick. But the tick is basically a superhero that is very unknown. Nobody knows if he is an alien, if he's just a guy who has superpowers. Nobody knows much about him. He's not very smart um, in a traditional sense. But he is incredibly powerful, incredibly strong, and is sometimes failing his way to victory. But for me, like the the one thing that always stands out to me is there was an entire episode of the cartoon where they were trying to come up with a like code word to kind of like when you're in trouble and you need your he needed Arthur, his his the Mothman, his name was Arthur, his sidekick, his help. And they were trying to come up with like things they could yell that would be like their call to action for their partner. And his ended up being spoon. <laughs> and it, I don't know. I just, I just love, I love the cartoon. I love the, the first live action of it. He's just an amazing, amazing con. And he actually, it was a comic book character. I'm not sure uh, which company he actually came from. Uh, might not have even been one of the big two, but uh, yeah, the tick is pretty awesome. And if you don't know what he looks like, he's basically just in a skin tight blue outfit that has a hood that comes over his eyes. So his mouth is revealed and it looks like a human mouth. So like, you know, but he had little tick antenna on his head and uh, like white eyes. He had no pupils or anything. And one of the questions that I always ask is they're like, ticks have eight, eight legs. And he's like, how do you know I don't? And that, that, that's all that. That's the only place that ever went. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a, uh, the 90s are, I'm, I'm going to choose the tick. I went with, not really so tangentially far off now that I'm realizing it, I went with Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> uh, also an extreme nerd. It's going to be a theme. <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing it looking forward, it might be. But Dexter's Lab was about a young kid who was a boy genius. He had a secret lab in his room that w was one of these Doctor Who TARDIS type things. He would go into his, his lab and it was bigger than the house. It was huge. And then he had a sister who was an older sister who would just find her way in there and destroy all his stuff. He, he would always lose his cool and yell. But he had this Russian accent for some reason, which I thought was just so endearing and cool. And nobody else. Yeah, his family didn't have it. No, and... It was definitely was in the vein of like the Incredibles where the mom had a dump truck, which was great. Mm -hmm. um, not that that has anything to do with Dexter specifically, <laughs> but just really zany. And I, I believe it might have been Jendi uh, Tartavosky's uh, first main cartoon. I could be wrong, but a uh, famous animator, cartoon creator who's done a lot of stuff since, including Powerpuff Girls, has also done Samurai Jack. So has done really cool things in the style that he kind of created, maybe not, maybe through Dexter's Lab, is this hard black outline, which has become pretty synonymous with cartoons, which is kind of cool, where the, the, the stroke of the outline is way thicker. So in addition to, you know, the character itself being amazing, and I can relate, uh, also just the cartoon itself, like Greg Mann was saying, it's just like a wonderful cartoon and, and really, really cool. 
So that's my 90s pick. I know I didn't really watch Dexter until you started, you know, hanging out with hanging out with EJ in the in the Poconos and we'd be like you'd be like let's watch some Dexter. I'm like all right. And then it was like, oh, this guy's amazing. Yeah, and he had some uh, a monkey, a magic like a monkey that he worked on in his lab and then the monkey had its own spin-off segments because whenever Dexter went to sleep, the monkey would turn into a superhero. And kind of just like with the tick, he, uh, the monkey was kind of like the Arthur where the monkey would really save the day a lot of times for Dexter's in these side side stories with Dexter kind of, even though he's a genius, uh, shooting himself in the foot, being clumsy. And then the monkey would take care of it and then he would return home, turn back into a regular monkey and Dexter would never be the wiser that his monkey creation was the one that actually saved his ass over and over again. So that was really cool. I don't know. I like that show. I'd like to revisit that one myself, actually, now that we're talking about it. Hells yeah. So that brings us to our 2000s. This was a, a, probably a weird time for us to be watching cartoons, but I certainly still was. This is senior, junior, high school, and then into college years. So who, who do you think of? Who was your 2000s pick? Well, thankfully, I went. I was trying my in the research. It was like, oh, that's right. Adult Swim kind of started around this time. Um, so I'm going back to less relatable and not that the tick is super relatable, but I, I just love the tick. Um, I picked uh master shake from the aqua teen hunger force Excellent. <laughs> just because I saw aqua teen and I was like, I, I actually, I remember I brought like, you know, that, that span into college for me. Cause I was like 2003, I went to college and aqua teen was still running aqua teen ran for a while. So that was a Big time favorite show of mine, uh, especially once, you know, you get to college and you get into those exploratory things and you're watching fun stuff late at night. Uh, Aqua Teen was, was always a winner. I don't know if anybody remembers the dick episode, but it was, I, I used to watch that thing so many times. It was just so good. But um, yeah, uh, Master Shake was the milkshake guy. He was always a dickhead. Um, they all had superpowers of some kind and he's, his was, I don't even remember just squirting that blob out from his, yeah, he just squirts this, this stuff out of, out of straw. his straw, <laughs> but he was just an, an a-hole who kind of, I'd say like more than half the episodes, he was the star because he was the one screwing stuff up that the, they had to figure out. And that's when there was something to screw up because the show was just so bonkers with the fact that like, you know, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, you think they're going to be doing something and really it's just three things that live with each other and have Carl as a neighbor and all the extra characters like the, uh, what's the Ignat Nur, uh, the aliens, <laughs> the little like 2d aliens. Yeah. It was kind of neat in that sense that every, that every episode featured a new villain that, and, and it was kind of contiguous, cer- certainly down the road because uh, you know, all the villains came back, mm-hmm. but every episode you were guaranteed almost every episode, a different villain that was usually voiced by somebody interesting, yep. like they had MC Chris was uh, MC P-Pants one, one or three episodes. Uh, John Benjamin mm-hmm. was the moth. So there's, <laughs> it was a really a cool way for them to show off different great voice actors. And Master Shake was voiced by Dana Snyder, who, incredible voice actor. He's on Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, and most recently as a voice actor, was on Paradise PD, doing a bunch of voices, which is a Netflix show that was an offshoot of Brickleberry. So I'm, again, as you can probably tell, really big into voice actors. I love voice acting. I practice Cobra Commander. <laughs> I practice voices. I'm an only child. A lot of times spent in the mirror either doing voices or looking at my taint. So, <laughs> And on that note, I got to say that I also chose something from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. What? 
So I was originally going with Meatwad because he's perfect. Because he's the best. <laughs> but then I, I decided to go with Carl. Carl, the, the neighbor from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I thought about Carl myself. He's, he, he's great. That's nah, not really good, Carl. He's great because he's just a regular Jersey guy. <laughs> he did fry, man. I remember Nick saying that it reminded him of my dad, so I always find that kind of funny. And that <laughs> makes me like the character more. <laughs> and he was just like a gross Jersey guy who was always trying to watch porn and be gross he was the landlord of the aqua teen hunger force people and he was a person as opposed to the rest of the crew which was anthropomorphic food yeah an above ground swimming pool above ground swimming pool got his hands on the foreigner belt didn't he get his hands on the foreigner belt for a little bit yeah so just like an excellent weird character he was in most of the episodes getting hurt or died or destroyed or Made his pee-pee too big and it fell off. Pretty sure he got he got his dick ripped off by the in the dick episode. In the dick episode, I think he got his dick ripped off. So and then that show was on for like fifteen years and had some different iterations because they started changing the name of it from Aqua Teen Hunger Force to I can't even remember all the different iterations, but they were just kind of doing that because Adult Swim would do that and they gave these guys a lot of chances to do that. Um, oh, here you go, real quick. Um, the Aqua in season eight, it was the Aqua Aqua Unit Patrol Squad one. Then in season nine, it was Aqua something, you know, whatever. <laughs> then season 10 was Aqua TV show. And season 11, it was Aqua Teen Hunger Force forever. Pretty bonkers show. Definitely, if you're into the Adult Swim type humor, it was one of them that they kind of went all in with early on to, to, to create what that is. Well, that gets us up to the 2010. So let's take a brief break. If you're in the audience there, take a listen and think. And what, what would you guys pick? Write into us, call in 929-352-6173, give us a text. And when we come back, if anybody texts us in the meantime, because they're listening live somehow, which is not possible, then we'll, uh, we'll post yours and then we'll go over our 2010s. That break that we did have to take. Ha cha 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 cha. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Every time I think I've escaped it for like a couple, several weeks, it always can find his way back. Just to stay lodged in there. If you're in Hell PA, the demon's going to come out a little bit. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's true. I can't help it. So I hope that on this break, you got a chance to think about some of the great cartoon characters that you related to or wanted to be. And we are going to now end this this segment now we're in the 2010s uh we're gonna skip 2021 as it's too early to really tell about the decade but greg man who who did you relate to in the 2010s or would you like to be i guess this is my my relatable one it's because i'm like if i think if i was in a cartoon i would totally be this guy i don't know how popular it is but it's uh his, his name's bolin He's from the Avatar Legend of Korra series. So the, the second Nickelodeon Avatar series after The Last Airbender, which takes place like to the next Avatar or whatever. So there's like several years in between. Uh, New World. But yeah, he's, um, he's just kind of a, a goofy, fun. He's like the comic relief, but also like a main character. Uh, he's an earthbender. 
which I, I enjoyed both of the Avatar cartoons. I like the whole idea of it. It just seems like a fun thing. I relate to it because if I, if I was in that world, I'd, I'd think I'd want to be the Earthbender. They're, they're pretty fun. They throw rocks and whatnot. So he's just a fun-loving guy, and he's got a little, a little monkey named Pabu or Panda Monkey or something. Everything in Avatar, all the animals are always like combined. They have like weird two animal things. So yeah, that's what he's got. He's uh, he's just, yeah, he's just fun loving. He's just, he's very much, I feel like a, a me. He's a super relatable character to myself. What's he look like? I'm not familiar with that step year. I will send you a, a picture. Okay. So he's kind of a, a handsomer guy with a strong build and he's got the little curl of hair coming down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Did you ever watch the original one, the airbender or no? That's the one I did watch. Yeah, I watched through okay, that whole yeah. series, which was fantastic. Well, this one now, they, they did finally, I think, put it on the Netflix. Yeah, I, I will say it's not as good as that one. That one's just fun because you get the whole discovery of the Avatar and like what it is and all that. This one, like obviously everybody knows what's going on. So it's about the next Avatar. Instead of all the training, she like knows half the elements already. And, it, it, you know, so it's a little different and it's more like politically driven. But uh, yeah, it's still it's still fun. It's still cool. They introduced more of like spirit stuff in the, in the second run. It's just a fun show. I think Nickelodeon really like did an awesome job with both of those kind of, you can't call them animes because that's traditionally Japanese. So these are just kind of like American animes. And I think they, they kind of, they did a good, they did a good job with it. Not to be confused with Super Troopers Afghanistan animation. Not to be confused with Afghanistan animation. Now there's a character I should have chose. What's his name? Johnny Chimpo. Johnny Chimpo, that's right. And he's got this monkey butler. And, hey. <laughs> he's <just> crazy birds. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got for the 2010s? For the 2010s, I went with Luis Belcher from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> who, if the people aren't familiar, she's the, the youngest daughter of Bob's Bur- Burgers, and she wears his pink rabbit ears. And she is a little hellion, uh, voiced by Kristen Schaal, uh, who is an amazing actress. Uh, started off on Flight of the Concords, I believe, and has since done all sorts of fun things. Is on the newest season of What We Do in the Shadows, if you guys don't watch that. I was going to say also most recently seen in a DraftKings commercial. <laughs> yeah, which I don't like that. Don't like that, <laughs> but I'm still awesome. happy to see her doing her thing. Does not fit at all, and that's why it was great. Such a weird commercial. But Louise Belcher is awesome. She is such a, again, a little hellion. She's always the troublemaker taking the chances, and I, I, I would like to be her. She's really cool in that sense. One of the best tattoos I've seen ever was a picture of Bender with her on Bender's shoulders, which was kind of throwing homage to, I know, another anime. But I think that duo, Bender and Louise Belcher, are probably the two coolest protagonists slash antagonists of all cartoon series. But I didn't want to go with Bender just because of how long of a stretch that he had and how they canceled and restarted. That's why I stayed away from The Simpsons, just because I'm like, you could pick somebody for every decade. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I absolutely love Louise Belcher, and I think uh, the show wouldn't be the same without her. And that's my choice for the 2010s. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. I don't even think about Bob's Burgers, but I mean, really, I could have, I should have said any, any, what, H. John Benjamin character. Archer and Coach McGurk. Coach McGurk and uh, I don't even know, but everything. Like you said, the moth. I should have just said the moth from Aquatine. The moth? <laughs> forgot about, forgot he was the moth. Incredible voice actor. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, we don't really have a little funny, funny button there. No. Nope. So I just might just end it. Well, on that note, <laughs> always end on a high note. Always end on a high note. There you go. We got our button now. 
That was Let Me Ask You a Question, the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me, Greg Amand. Hey. It was a, a wonderful Saturday afternoon that we're having. Indeed. If you want to contact Let Me Ask You a Question with thoughts, concerns, monetary things, or to ask us a question, or let us know what you answered, you can hit us up at Let Me Ask You a Question podcast at gmail.com, all written out. It's a long one. You can call or text at 929-352-6173. That's 929-352-6173. You can find us on almost all the social media at Pod. L-M-A-Y-A-Q pod. That's on Reddit, Instagram, Twitter. I think Facebook is the same address and even TikTok. And you can head over to moot.tv, which is the website that houses our wonderful podcast and listen to the other archives of podcasts there. We've got enough that you could almost listen to one a day if you wanted of ours and over there you can donate to us if you'd like there's a donate button and you can give us some money that way or the better way is to go to the moot.tv shop and buy some awesome swag we got some mugs backpack t-shirts i think that's it maybe posters i don't know we'll have more stuff coming too i just have to correct you there too the best way is to just donate to us but the, the way that really pays for you is the sweet sweet swag because you get something, we get something. That's right. It's way better than you just giving us stuff, but we will accept stuff. <laughs> then you could like send a picture to us and we'll put it up and say, look, you love you love us and we love you and then everybody wins. Hells yeah. Aloha Greg mug. That's right. Aloha Greg and Margarita Bird for life. And don't forget that sweet, sweet backpack with the cancelable Anthony inside. <laughs> yeah, anybody who buys a backpack will see. Open that pocket and there's something that should not be allowed it's pretty great so <laughs> waiting for people to do that uh anything else greg man uh four in a row let's go got a new record i'm, I'm starting starting my record strong and anthony's continuing his no no show streak so <laughs> no show you know hey listen when when wrestling's on and and you know he you're hung over on saturday from from smackdowns on third or friday yeah it happens i guess Maybe it's work-related. I don't know. But I'd, I'd like to think that he's just lazy and being a real jerk. You think that SmackDown is a euphemism for smacking asses to harken back to another episode? <laughs> Get that SmackDown? Yeah, and but most times I think it's him and it's defensive. Like he's getting his ass smacked. <laughs> and he's like, he's doing it out of defense. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. This has been Let Me Ask You a Question. Booyah. Mood.tv. That's the uh, drugs over here, please whistle. <laughs> <laughs>